Welcome to episode 166 of The Lab. I'm your host, Brad Barton. This is the last episode on nuclear energy. If you want to hear the other ones, you can check them out by visiting thelabwithbrad.com. In July and August of 2005, Robert Busard and his team frantically tried to complete one last build. Their funding was gone. It was only because Admiral Cohen gave them one last emergency payment, just enough to run one more set of experiments, that they were able to build this thing at all. They ran the tests on the 9th and 10th of November. They were supposed to have left the building by November 1st. The story actually begins when Philo Farnsworth and his family moved from Utah to Idaho. Farnsworth was born in 1906. At around age 12, they moved to a farm that had electricity. By age 13, he had motorized his mother's washing machine and won an award for his electric lock. In 1922, he drew some pictures on the chalkboard for his chemistry teacher. It was his idea for a thing called television. In 1927, Farnsworth's camera transmitted its first image, just a single horizontal line. After a 10-year legal battle, RCA licensed his technology for a million dollars to be paid out over a period of about a decade. In the 1930s, Farnsworth was working in his lab, trying different kinds of tubes to make the television work better. He ran into one configuration called the multipactor. It was a pretty good amplifier, but it tended to wear out quickly. Farnsworth took what he learned from that tube and applied it to nuclear fusion. In 1968, the inventor of television was given a patent for a nuclear reactor. A Farnsworth fuser is a couple of spherical grids, one inside the other. It uses electrical forces to accelerate ions towards the middle. If the ions are moving fast enough and they collide, they will fuse. The experiments used deuterium and tritium, which kick off neutrons. Philo Farnsworth's device could do fusion, but it takes more energy into it than you can get out of it. The fusers are still used as a source of neutrons for research or developing medical isotopes. Efforts to turn it into a power source continued. Most of the energy losses are caused by the grid. In 1975, Oleg Leventiev proposed a design that would do away with the grids and use magnetic fields to confine the plasma instead. Robert Busert and a small team decided to try and build one. They were funded by the Department of Defense, mostly through a Navy contract. Bussard gave a talk in 1994 about the early results. The Navy told him, no more talks. No published papers. And for the next 11 years, underfunded and secret, five to ten people worked on this project. On December 17, 2003, coincidentally the 100th anniversary of the Wright brothers' flight, they first achieved fusion. The funding dried up in 2005. The team scrambled to build that one last machine. 
they were able to run only four full-power tests. Then the coil shorted out on November 11, 2005. They didn't know it for a month. It took that long to analyze the data. But they'd achieved everything the design was meant to. There was fusion reactions going on a thousand times greater than anything that had been achieved before by such a small device, only a few meters across. In 2006, the 11-year ban on publication was finally lifted. Bussard gave several talks during this time period, until he died in 2007. I'm not sure what the end of the story is. The company Bussert founded, Energy Matter Conversion Corporation, is still around. I looked at their website, but nothing they're doing was dated past 2014. There are a lot of ideas and techniques for fusion that have received little attention and little funding. But the research continues. The large-scale, heavily funded fusion projects cost billions of dollars. Bussert was talking about a program that would cost $200 million. It could be worth a try. See you next time.